Happy Earth Day, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Come on in. It's time for another installment of the Rural Mutual Roundtable, brought to you courtesy of our friends at Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong since 1934. Remember, every premium paid here stays here to keep Wisconsin strong. Find more online, ruralmutual.com. As I said, today is Earth Day, and when it comes to agriculture, Every day is Earth Day. But I thought I'd tell you a little bit more about Wisconsin's important role when it comes to Earth Day. It actually officially started back in 1970, and one of the key leaders was Senator Gaylord Nelson. He was a junior senator at that time from Wisconsin. He'd been concerned for a long time about the deteriorating environment that he saw all around the United States. And he decided he wanted to, at that time, Uh, capitalize on student anti-war movement. He said he wanted to infuse the energy of those student anti-war demonstrations into something that would spark interest and public consciousness about air and water pollution. The very first Earth Day happened back in 1970. Today, we've got more than 190 countries that will recognize Earth Day and more than a billion people that will be mobilized in some way, shape, or form today in celebration of Earth Day. We're mobilized as well. Here in studio with me today, two examples of uh, really Earth Day in action. I want to welcome in Rachel Gerbitz. She is the Director of Sustainability Communications and Partnerships with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, along with Jason Munyaini. He is the Executive Director of Government Relations for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, and both are actively involved in sustainability. Now, Rachel, let's start with you. Sustainability is a phrase that's really being used a lot these days in a lot of different ways and a lot of different forms. Let's talk a little bit about your position with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation as Director of Sustainability Communications and Partnerships. What are some of the goals that you have for your position? Absolutely. And I'm excited to share that my role was actually born out of a strategic plan that Farm Bureau underwent in 2019. And this sustainability priority actually came from our membership. They wanted to see Farm Bureau prioritizing more resources and communication pieces and consumer outreach in the sustainability space. So that's where my role was born as the Director of Sustainability Communications and Partnerships. My job is to celebrate and elevate sustainability stories in Wisconsin agriculture. And that's through communication pieces, member programs, and education opportunities and with ag in the classroom. So an example of one of those member programs would be 35 under 35. We had a very successful first year that program celebrating sustainability in all aspects of agriculture. And what the program really did was push ourselves to think of sustainability outside of conservation. That's such an important part of sustainability and something we really hang our hat on and should be proud of, especially in Wisconsin. But Anything you do on the farm, sustainability has been around for generations, and that is something we really need to advocate for and be proud of in Wisconsin. Excellent. Yeah, and we have definitely seen a lot of on-farm experience, uh, invitations to have others see what we've been doing. So we'll get to more of that in just a moment. Again, that's Rachel Gerbitz. She is the Director of Sustainability Communications and Partnerships with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. I mentioned uh, Jason Munyaini is uh, the Executive Director of Government Relations, a relative new face on Farm Bureau, but you've been around these circles for 
while, right, Jason? Yeah, I have. And Pam, thank you for having me on. So uh, I'm relatively new to Farm Bureau. I've been here for a little over three months, but uh, I've been involved in, uh, in in environmental policy and natural resources policy for, for my entire career. Prior to joining Farm Bureau, I was chief of staff to State Senator Rob Coles, whose district is Brown County, Onagamie, and Shawano counties. Uh, and uh, he's also the chairman of the Natural Resources and Energy Committee. So we've been involved in a number of different uh, different capacities in that office on natural resources, environment, and sustainability. So uh, kind of transitioning over to Farm Bureau, that was kind of a really nice natural fit for me to be able to work on some of these policies in the state capitol and, and continue pushing Farm Bureau's uh, uh, strategic plan forward on sustainability and environmental policy. There's been a lot of people that have, as I said to you guys earlier, got a horse in this race. There's a lot of conservation groups. There's a lot of watershed groups. There's a lot of uh, commercial industry that is all about sustainability. So, Rachel, how have you been trying to make the efforts on the farm unique or highlighted when it comes to this almost getting cluttered sustainability message? That's a great question because sustainability can be so relative to the farm, to the region, to the commodity that you're producing. And really, we have a unique opportunity at Wisconsin Farm Bureau to talk about all of those different aspects and bring them all together. I'm very proud to sit in a group with several other commodities and agriculture organizations to strategize sustainability content and communications. And just, you really can't have too much positive messaging about what farmers are doing what farmers are doing to protect water quality and be responsible stewards of their resources. Give me some examples of what you've already undertaken. I was personally invited to several on-farm events where you basically it's you go behind the curtain to see some of the technology farmers have invested in. It is not just about practices. It's about putting their money where their mouth is when it comes to living a sustainable life on the farm. Give us a little sense of what's been going on that we might have missed. Sure. So back in 2021, two years ago already, when I got started in this role, we had a Leaders of the Land statewide sustainability series, and we were able to visit nine farms across the state and highlight different areas of sustainability each one, from dairy to hogs to cranberries. We got the full gamut of sustainability and conservation in those different in those different areas. And it was really unique because each one had their own take on it. And profitability was actually a pretty common theme throughout all of them because farmers know that you have to be profitable in order to be sustainable and be successful. And I want our members to feel comfortable talking about that because that is part of their success story. And it has been kind of a rubbing spot for a lot of associations. Everybody wants in on the conversation, but our definition of sustainability in some cases can vary widely. Let's talk a little bit more about that, and I'll open both your microphones up. Now, Jason, as you said, uh, relative newcomer to the Farm Bureau, but very aware of the policy dynamics in the state of Wisconsin. Seems like everybody wants to get excited about watershed groups that have been going on happy to fund those kinds of efforts. Sustainability, though, has gotten to be a gathering spot of a lot of different groups that don't necessarily align when it comes to that definition. Tell me what you've experienced in your career at the state capitol and now with Farm Bureau. Sure. So, I mean, there's been a lot of new programs that have been created over the last couple of legislative sessions, and we've, we've seen farmers evolve very quickly to incorporate these different conservation and sustainability practices into their farming operations. And, and it's, a, it's a credit to the legislature and to farmers 
for the work that they've done together to find efficient and effective farmer-led initiatives, avoiding kind of the regulatory hurdles. Wisconsin is an absolute leader in this space. Uh, recently, I had a, a, an event where we went down to Chicago. We met with some of the EPA Region 5 administrators, and they they, they lauded us. They lauded and said, you know, Wisconsin farmers are, are really the, 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 the tip of the spear when it comes towards new practices. And, and now that we're in a state budget, we've got some opportunities to, you know, grow that a little bit more. We, uh, the Wisconsin Ag Coalition, which is Farm Bureau and all of our other commodity members joining us, we put together some budget priorities for this 2023-25 state budget. And a couple of those programs I'll, I'll talk about if I get a, a second here. Uh, Producer-led watershed grant protection program, that program has been fantastic. And just to give a little bit of perspective, the conservation practices under that program occurred on almost a million acres in the last year. That was an increase of almost uh, almost a quarter of what we were able to do uh, in the in the years prior, and we were able to prevent about two hundred and twenty thousand pounds of phosphorus and almost three hundred and fifty thousand tons of soil from leaving farm fields and entering waterways. We were able to you know utilize that program to be very efficient. And there's also legislation out right now, Assembly Bill 65, Senate Bill 59, that are going to uh, give greater flexibilities producer-led watershed groups and allow them to kind of create projects in multiple watersheds, allowing some of the organizations that are already doing these practices to be able to kind of expand with new flexibilities and find new uh, new sources of funding. So that program has been a wild success. It was oversubscribed by about 50%. So we're asking for some additional funds in the state budget, a million dollars a year, so that we can continue those practices and grow that program. Uh, we've seen some great success with the nitrogen optimization grant program and the cover cop rebate. Uh, those two programs have really been, uh, you know, kind of new, but really well adopted. And we've seen people kind of jump to those. And those programs are also going to be oversubscribed and need additional funding in this state budget. So it's it's Farm Bureau and our Ag Coalition uh, members' jobs to kind of, you know, make sure that our legislators are aware of, uh, of the needs of those programs. You mentioned that uh, you had previously worked for a representative in northeast Wisconsin where Karst Soils, Peninsula Pride, uh, watershed's already active. Let me ask you what it's like when you have to try to approach Someone in a metropolitan area, the Milwaukee area, maybe elsewhere in Green Bay that's not necessarily exposed to production agriculture, Madison, obviously. Again, they have a definition of sustainability. And sometimes, contrary to the three people in this studio, they don't realize that agriculture is the very most instrumental part of sustainability. How do we get through to them? Rachel? Yeah, I think we have a really great new project at Wisconsin Farm Bureau that helps to answer some of those questions. It's a website called Gather Wisconsin. So absolutely, it would encourage those with questions to go and check that out and explore those different environmental stewardship practices that people are doing and help us help you. If there's things that you don't understand, there's an opportunity for you to ask a question on that site directly to a farmer. And a farmer is going to respond to that question and give you an answer right from the farmer's mouth. What's that website again? That's gatherwisconsin.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at that website. How are you going to be using that site for more information dissemination, Rachel? Again, like we said, it's Earth Day today. Everybody gets excited about talking on these things today. But what are we going to do to keep people pulled through the growing season, pulled through the seasons we experience in Wisconsin, or those headlines that are going to show up? How are you going to continue to use that site to help educate and inform? 
think seasonality is going to be really impactful on this new communication piece that we put out. We have a recipe section that is featuring Wisconsin products. So let's say during June Dairy Month, you're looking for a fun way to use dairy at your summer picnics. You can find that on the website. And as you're exploring recipes, you can navigate to our sustainability section and explore some ways that you can be sustainable at home. This is a kind of a unique thing that we're featuring on this site is a interactive map of your kitchen that offers different ideas and ways to be sustainable and bring that impact at home. We all have a responsibility to make that positive impact. So let's all work together, farmers and consumers alike, to be responsible stewards. Well, in so many different ways, again, that this can take on a look, uh, sustainability, watershed, conservation, et cetera. But we also have a lot of people that are saying, wait a minute, sustainability can lead to carbon credits, uh, carbon sequestering, uh, doing uh, things, although it may become somewhat of a farmer to farmer, farmer to landowner. We've got renewable resources out there like wind power, solar power. That's got to be getting some attention at the state capitol, is it not, Jason? It is, and I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up, specifically kind of credit trading. There's a new program that's going to be coming out. Wisconsin DNR just on April 7th announced that they had signed a contract with a, a Texas-based company. It will serve as kind of the clearinghouse. But we will eventually have the nation's first statewide water quality trading clearinghouse. Now, that's a bunch of garble, garbled uh, jargon, but what does that actually mean for farmers? So I'll boil it down for simplicity. Essentially, someone who's a, a regulated point source, so think uh, a large factory or a wastewater treatment plant or a cheese plant or a paper mill, uh, somebody, a large CAFO, anybody who's got a WPDS permit, which farmers are very well aware of, um, basically what they would do is they would purchase a credit, buy monetarily uh, from a non-point source, like a small farm uh, that's using land practices that are in compliance with their NMP and, and those are being modeled and those would develop credits. And that point source would purchase those credits from a farmer to be able to comply with the requirements of their WPDS permit. The clearinghouse entity would allow the uh, point sources and non-point sources to kind of get matched up together. But this is uh, this is great for farmers because it's a homegrown, market-driven opportunity to monetize things that farmers are already doing. We're already doing buffer strips. We're already doing cover crops. We're already doing no-till. There are things that we can do right now that we're already, you know, we already have the investment in to develop credits, monetize that, and also help some of our legacy industries and in, uh, like like paper and cheese comply with, you know, burdensome regulatory requirements that we actually aren't getting that big of a benefit for the cost analysis when we can do that much cheaper on the farm and have everybody in compliance. Well, and like you said, uh, it's a community effort this way. Instead of building up silos, I'm a large dairy, I'm a small dairy, I'm in cheese, I'm in... Like you said, instead of building those silos, we're tearing them down. That's got to be a story worth telling right there, Rachel. Yes. And what an opportunity we have to share that story. And consumers are really starting to demand it. We see in consumer trends that sustainability is top of mind. But I will note that it's the most engaged consumer that has the most nuanced understanding that is actively searching for regenerative agriculture and climate smart agriculture, which means there is a host of other consumers that we as farmers have the opportunity to help fill that gap and offer them that information. Through these producer-led watershed groups, we have the opportunity to really own sustainability. If we're searching for 
if consumers are searching for those results, they don't want greenwashing, they don't want empty claims, this is where we can give them to the consumer is through the results we get out of the producer-led watershed groups, the different conservation programs farmers are engaging in. Now, again, that's Rachel Gerbich, and you're just joining us on this Rural Mutual Roundtable on this Earth Day. She is the Director of Sustainability Communications and Partnerships with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. The other voice you heard is Jason Munyaini. He is the Executive Director of Government Relations for the Farm Bureau. And again, these two people together are continuing to bring up conversations that farmers find relevant with elected officials, with communities that are impacted, and now as we find uh, possible financial resources down the road. And maybe, like we said, bringing our agriculture community even closer together when you're looking at a large dairy that is regulated as far as nutrient management, buying clean credits, if you will, from another dairy just down the road. They've been doing it for years. Now we've just got more of a format to be able to interact. So tell me about the initial response on this uh, idea, Jason, of a trading firm coming in, and we're talking water water credits here as previously it had been about carbon credits. Tell me a little bit about what you've heard. Sure. And like I said, this program is still in its infancy. We've had water quality trading as part of the WPDS permit compliance since like 2011. But it really was actually a nexus of a 2019 bill that Senator Coles and Representative Kitchens uh, undertook that really created the clearinghouse to be able to do that. And that took that from being kind of a government-controlled program which people can be a little leery of, to a, a free market, enterprise-driven, uh, homegrown market here in the state of Wisconsin so that we can comply with the requirements of our permits, but also kind of develop some business around it. Well, while it's still in its infancy, though, this has the potential to be some pretty big business in Wisconsin, and it's a great alternate alternate revenue stream for farmers. Uh, there will be some additional uh, you know, things that we'll be doing from Farm Bureau to try to make sure that people are cognizant of this program coming online and the opportunities that it kind of brings forward. But you know, our farmers are really engaged in what's happening at the state level right now, and I think that they're excited about this and the other programs that we're, uh, we're pushing in this 2023-25 state budget. Let's talk as a group then about how farmers or food processors, or I guess to a certain extent even consumers, can engage in this dialogue as you said, I like that phrase. I hadn't heard it. Greenwashing. How about you get the facts? Uh, we are doing a lot of things in Wisconsin agriculture you may not be aware of. To the same extent, we may not be aware of the pressure our food processors, our very dairy cooperatives, our end users are putting on that grocery store, those labels that you're seeing. How are we going to kind of get everybody on the same uh, wagon here. What can we do? What can we advise when it comes to consumers that want to know, farmers that need to have a dialogue with where their end product is going, and uh, how we can kind of channel it from here on out? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of different things, and we've been having a lot of great conversations with you know, groups that we don't typically uh, you know, get involved in with too much, like like grocery stores, for example. Uh, I think that, you know, events like COVID-19 and, and the war in Ukraine have kind of uh, started to show some consumers that empty shelves aren't that far away and that, you know, our food supply chains are, are, are fragile in some instances. And you're seeing uh, Wisconsin farmers kind of take note of that. And by utilizing 
you know, are, by utilizing some of these opportunities to monetize additional commodities, be it carbon trading credits on the reg, on the regulated market in California or the voluntary market nationwide, water quality trading credits, some of the other opportunities, uh, they're trying to create alternate revenue streams to be able to, you know, insulate themselves from commodity shifts. Well, and I've always encouraged uh, f- dairy producers are obviously a major part of our audience. But any farmer that's producing anything in this day and time, if you don't know where that product is going to end up after it leaves your gate, you got a lot of you, you better do some your your own question uh, asking and investigate your own end product because Rachel, there could be a premium out there depending on who you're working with. And we've actually had an opportunity for our members to interact with some of these processors through an extension of our Leaders of the Land tour series this year in 2023. We toured Bernatello's Pizza in Kakana and brought some farmers there to have sustainability conversations and learn what sustainability looks like in that food manufacturing space. We also are visiting all some farms on the 21st, so the, just the day before Earth Day is part of our Earth Day celebrations, again, to bring in our farmers for our members to engage in that sustainability conversation in all these different spaces. We know how to do it. We may know, not know how they're doing it. Jason? And, and Rachel, you bring up something that uh, that reminds me of a great program that, that actually came out of the COVID-19 pandemic. And part of sustainability isn't just, you know, doing things on farm, but it's also trying to avoid food waste as well. We we work very hard as farmers to, to grow the food and uh, we don't want to see it wasted. So there was a program that was created uh, over at DATCAP and an and absolute credit to uh, Secretary Randy Romansky for, for getting this off the ground. But it was a Wisconsin Food Commodity Food Bank Purchasing Program. Like I said, uh, you know, some of the food supply chain challenges and commodity disruptions that related to early COVID uh, created some food insecurity for people who couldn't work during that time frame. But also that created some challenges for some of our Wisconsin producers who relied on things like farmers markets and, uh, you know, community events to be able to sell their products. So DATCAP took some of the money that we got from the federal government and said, all right, food banks, why don't you go out? You go buy the commodities and the vegetables and the produce from Wisconsin farmers that are having a difficult time finding a market because of COVID and then provide that. Uh, to the people who are getting food from food banks because they're not able to work. And that program went fantastic, and they were allowed to uh, to purchase that food at market value, right. so no one lost any money. Right. And that was really a, a fantastic program. So we're asking again in this state budget from the Wisconsin Ag Coalition to fund that with general purpose revenue as COVID funds can you know are yeah. running out. But we really want to make sure that we're relying on that program because some of our food producers are getting more efficient, and food donations are, are not as uh, is not as readily, readily available anymore. Yeah, you're right. And I think about that often when you re- kind of rewind to COVID. Uh, Sherry Tussler from uh, the uh, general harvest area over in Milwaukee in the Badger Box, kind of a area that focused in on those funds. That was Jason Munyaini. He is with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, their executive director of uh, government relations, talking about their efforts in not just sustainability, but efforts that you may see at the grocery store, or like he said, at the food pantry, the food banks, or ways that you can get involved. And Rachel Gerbitz also along with us. She's the director of sustainability communications and partnerships with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. I want to toss out that website one more time, Rachel, if people want to do a follow-up on some of these conversations. Visit gatherwisconsin.com. It's Wisconsin Farm Bureau's new consumer-facing website that connects food, family, and farming. 
GatherWisconsin.com. Got it. Thanks, Rachel. Rachel Gerbitz in studio with me. She is the Director of Sustainability Communications and Partnerships with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Like she said, her position was created because of farmer demand. Also in studio with us this Earth Day Saturday, Jason Munyaini. He is the Executive Director of Government Relations for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, definitely focused in on sharing the sustainability message from production agriculture, their practices, and what they've been doing for a long time with those elected officials that are looking at sustainability moving forward. Sure appreciate you guys taking some time to be with us on this Earth Day Saturday. As Rachel said, gatherwisconsin.com, a great website for reference, or wfbf.com. That's the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's website. You'll get connected there as well. Earth Day 2023 happening right now. Thanks again for joining us on this edition of the Rural Mutual Roundtable Conversation. Brought to you courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. They've been around since 1934. You can find out more about the company, how it is unique to the state of Wisconsin, how it reaches out to rural communities and keeps them strong. RuralMutual.com and also, of course, available online across social media platforms. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Always glad to be along with you. Hope that you will think about Wisconsin farmers on this, the 2023 Earth Day. Enjoy your Saturday.